0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and today's guest is the amazing Ryan Heschke. I'm a big fan of his work, have been for many years. Excited to get him on the show, finally, so that's coming up. I'm going to keep this short because I'm trying to shorten these intros. Um, let's see, I'll, I'll make it quick. Uh, what You know what I noticed? Okay, if you're watching on YouTube... I noticed my eyebrows are, like, getting thin on the outside. I don't know if you can really tell, like, on the outside. And and it looks really weird, especially under certain lighting. Then I noticed my hair. I bet you it's like my hair is rubbing my eyebrows off (laughs) on the outer edges. I bet you that's why. It's so weird. Anyway, okay. Um, Just had to say that. Uh, So, yeah. I've been... mm, Oh, I have my... um, My talk coming up tonight, if you're hearing this on Wednesday, when it drops, Wednesday, the 20th of September, 2023, I've got my talk with uh, Mitch Horowitz at the Philosophical Research Society in Los Feliz. You can go to PRS.org, I believe, is the web address, and um, it's going to be great. I'm going to do a video presentation of my film career and my art career, and then Mitch and I are going to talk live on stage about dark art and spirituality and supernatural and all kinds of other cool stuff. So I'm super excited about that. Then, uh, Friday Mitch is signing his new book, um, modern occultism that he's been on the show recently, fairly recently talking about. So that's finally out. It came out today, so you can get it at Amazon or wherever you buy books and, uh, but he'll be at Friday at PRS also, and he will be signing his book, and I'm going to be there also. I'm going going for that book signing, and he's going to talk about it, so it's going to be great. So, cool week for stuff like that. Anyway, I've been... I don't even remember what I've been doing. I've been... Busy as hell, just trying to get everything done. Uh, i got, got to sell a bunch of. I got to figure out how I'm going to make this money to pay my taxes off, and um, trying to keep calm <laughs> while I'm doing that. So I'm I'm doing some ballpoint pen sketches. I'm going to try and sell. I have to try and. I mentioned this last time. I, I just I have to sell like a lot of stuff. So you'll you'll be seeing a lot of stuff on the web store. Uh, ChetZar.BigCartel.com. If you want to go and support, help me out with my tax bill. Um, I'll be posting stuff over the next three weeks, three, four weeks, probably to try and help with that. Anyway, that's it. Um, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash society and join for as little as a dollar. And the new subscriber, we had one new subscriber this week and that is Schmeedlin designs or Schmeidlen. Um Thank you so much for supporting. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you join, you get your name read <laughs> on the air. And if you join at the $5 and above level, you get a chance. You, no, you get a twenty percent discount code on uh, skulls at Skull Shop, S K U L L S K U L L S H O P P E dot com, and uh, check this new one I just got out. Hold on a second. How awesome is this? So cool. I gotta, now I gotta paint this. I gotta put this in a painting. Amazing. Looks totally real. It's crazy. I know how to do this stuff, and I still am not sure how um, Kyle does this, gets this realistic look. I mean, I have certain things I'm like, okay, I see he's kind of doing that, but there's certain things I can't figure out how he's doing to get this kind of quality. Not to mention, I would have no idea even how to mold this. It's kind of an insane mold goes in the, the nostril cavity. It, it's crazy. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. See, I said this was going to be short and it's long. Um, so you can, oh, if you want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Chet Yeah, that's right. Patreon.com slash Chet Czar. And uh, you can join for as little as a dollar a month on there as well. And I post everything I'm working on and time lapses and all kinds of other stuff. And you get the other thing that, People don't realize if you join my Patreon, even at the dollar level, you get notified of when new items go on sale before anybody else. So I usually give the Patreon subscribers, you know, anywhere from a few hours to like a day or two to make sure everyone's taken care of in there before they go public. So uh, anyway, am I forgetting anything? No, Uh, I think that's it. PRS tomorrow night or tonight the 20th september 20th philosophical research society in las Vegas. i'll put a link in the description to buy tickets i think they're pretty cheap i think they're only like 15 bucks or something and it goes to supporting the the philosophical research society which is an amazing group of people telling you good spiritual vibes at that place seriously and um i guess that's it okay i didn't keep it short but i tried anyway here we go with ryan heshka hello ryan
1: hey chat how's it going
0: good welcome to the show
1: good thank you
0: another canadian another canadian on the show
1: Yes. Representing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) I have to bring up because I'm such a huge, well, I'm a huge fan of yours, but I'm such a huge fan of this band. I have to ask you if you know about them. Do you know? No means no.
1: Uh, I do. I oh. do. I had a, uh, back, back in the, back in the day, I had a no means no, uh, cassette.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Uh, okay. Good. Just, yeah. Yeah. I can't
1: <laughs> say I'm like a super fan or anything like that, but yes, I am. Okay. Okay. Uh, definitely aware of, <laughs> uh, of that band. It's funny. It came up one of your other podcasts. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I know them. I, br- <laughs> I know, I know of them.
0: <laughs> I bring it up every time. Cause I am a super yeah. fan <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. And it's like anybody from can- Canada. I'm like, this is the best band in Canada. One of them are one of the best bands of Canada. You should know them. Anyway, so, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work. I, I, I have been since the first time I saw it, which I don't remember when that was. Cause we've been kind of showing in the same circles, I think for a pretty long time. Yeah. Same galleries and stuff.
1: Yeah. Getting close to, well, 15, between 15, and 20 years, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Closer to 15.
0: Yeah. I think I have my first solo show at Copro in like 2000 six or 2005 or something like that I don't yeah
1: know. that's about when i started sort of i think showing there maybe i can't remember what the first show was uh, I, I had there either but uh sort of not long after that i started showing in the blab shows at copro and have been sort of doing doing so mostly ever since mm-hmm. with a few exceptions but um
0: yeah that was a great show it was great seeing you there and uh but man what a show that was an awesome show yeah
1: packed it yeah was, was uh, packed. Well, uh, work wise, it was like yeah wall it just it packed packed with work
0: <laughs> packed with work packed and with art packed yeah. with people and yeah pretty hot <laughs> hot as hell <laughs> yeah steamy <laughs> hot and sweaty um but yeah I just I love your work so much I, I um <laughs> it's just so entertaining and and it makes me feel glad that someone's doing what you're doing because because that the style that you, you're um, drawing upon is this. It's to me. It's a, a lot of it is very like 30s. Is that the right era? 30s, 40s.
1: That's pretty much bang on. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, um, definitely within that sort of like uh, 30s, 40s, 50s range, and it sort of ends. My influences sort of end there, more or less, with a few exceptions. But that's the sort of sweet spot for me yeah. that I really um yeah sort of have always been very very into
0: yeah I, I i don't know it's like i can't even remember where i've seen that kind of work but i was always into kind of horror comics and so uh, and just comics when i was a kid and somehow i wound up with some really old ones or a book of old comics and i just i love that style from that period it's so weird and what i was going to say was um i think it's so cool that you are carrying that tradition on and creating new work in that genre because no one else is doing it. And that, and that stuff is like finite, you know, that old work is finite. There's no more, no new work like that coming out. So it's so cool to, to see new variations of that style now. Cause I, I, even when I was a kid, I used to love that.
1: It's yeah. And it's, uh, you, you mentioned it's finite, but it's also like incredibly expensive now to buy any sort of, oh, like, right. of original art from that era or True. even the comics now, you know, like even in, in lower grades. So I, I, yeah, for, for me, it's sort of like, um, and I've always sort of just been behind that level of like being able to afford those things, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it start making money. And then all of a sudden it, they jump exponentially and <laughs> yeah. I'm always trailing behind a little bit, but I think that a lot of that has been the motivation for me to just, um, create my own work in that vein because it's sort of um, I mean, it ends up being more satisfying than just buying a comic or buying, you know, someone else's artwork. It's like, you're actually, you're, you're getting that satisfaction of creating it, but then you also get the sort of the end piece, which is like, Oh, I didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to pay for it. Or, <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so this sort this
1: sort of this thing that I've been doing since childhood where I've just always been creating my own work just because of the, the sort of uh, the inability to actually get enough of it. Um, you know, I, I was like you when I was young, I was sort of like finding these books on comics, uh, books from the library, mm-hmm. you know, the Jules Pfeiffer book. And and um, I think it was a great hardcover EC, um, sort of a EC reprint book from the, I think it was the seventies, maybe mid seventies. I, I can't remember what it's called, mm-hmm. but it's got that great uh, Tales of the Crypt, zombie cover when the guy's locked in the mausoleum yeah and um yeah so when i when i discovered that as a kid that was sort of game over for me I, I i never looked back that's just all i wanted to sort of emulate and look at and absorb
0: so so you were an art kid art nerd kid like many of us like most of us on this podcast
1: oh yeah yeah totally uh useless at, at any kind of uh, sports <laughs> or uh you know uh even hockey sort of- and that's a, no, no, I mean, floor hockey, but I couldn't, I had rubber ankles so I could never,
0: could never that's what, uh, um, that's what Neil Peart from Rush said. He was like, uh, the drummer, oh, really? drummer of Rush. Yeah. He was like, he, he had a uh, weak ankles and they'd always, yeah. always bend it so he could never play. <laughs>
1: flimsy ankles. Um, so yeah, no, I was, I was, uh, and I, I grew up in the prairies where it was really cold for most of the winter. So a lot of, you know, I had a lot of indoor time, um, Yeah. Drawing comics, just making weird monster pictures, Mm -hmm. uh, later on sort of shooting like super eight stuff. Um, uh, yeah, stop stop motion super eight, which was a really big, uh, passion of of mine when I was a kid. Same here. Um,
0: Yeah. Again,
1: just trying to sort of emulate, you know, Harryhausen and, and, uh, King Kong and, and, uh, that sort of, again, very limited amounts of like, um, those movies that I had access to, I was sort of just sucking them in and just, you know, uh, burned into my, my brain and then just trying to sort of create my own content basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we're close to the same age. Um, you were born in 70, I'm 67. So I'm a little older than you, but so I imagine we have a lot, we have a lot of similar, um, history as far as the kind of movies that were on TV and, and totally. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Although I think you being in the States had an advantage with the amount of sort of material that was probably Probably, uh, aired, you know, or, or, um, things you could find in, in, in bookstores or comic bookstores and stuff. I was fun. Canada is just this sort of, uh, it's a little, little bit barren for that sort of thing. You know, they played the obvious things like Frankenstein and um, King Kong and the Wolfman and that, but you can never really get this sort of more obscure. Some of the Roger Corman stuff and okay. that. that all come later for me. Uh, and <laughs> when video came out, it was like, this is the, yeah, It was like, Oh, finally, I don't, you know, like <laughs> scrounging to see these things, trying to s- set my alarm to wake up for a Godzilla movie on at 2am. Right. I never, somehow wake up for you. know <laughs>
0: so, Yeah. It seems uh, like there was every weekend, there was something terrible, great, you know, trashy, horror movie um, on, uh, like, Octoman. I remember seeing Octoman. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen
1: it. It's
0: god-awful, but just great for that. You know, I love that trashy, terrible stuff. Uh, Yeah. But there was all, you know, everything. Everything. Just, it was so bizarre, the weird stuff, especially in the 70s that they would have on these shows, uh, horror movie shows. uh, Like, whatever was cheap it seems to me is what it was. it was like anything they could get for cheap they would throw on these weekend uh horror movie shows so it was like just the dregs of of horror movies <laughs> which is great completely formed my had a lot to do with forming my taste in a way and and the kinds of things i appreciated it really strange because it's so yeah
1: your your crappy. aesthetic and your your paintings a lot of them seem like they're paintings of like rubber latex face molds or things like, you know what I mean? like they have they have a look where it's like they're not it's almost and i don't know I'm, i just, this is just my interpretation but it's almost like you're, you're painting a mask that someone's wearing
0: rather than mm. it actually
1: being you know it just mm. it, it has that kind of feel to me, which is really cool
0: um yeah it's uh, definitely an extension of drawing masks and monsters when i was a kid like mm. to me they all seem I, I try and make them kind of real, but it, but but the fact that they're kind of just portraits and character studies almost. This is what I was doing when I was a kid, t- teenager, and a young twelve-year-old uh, drawing little doodles of. oh, I want to make this mask, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, that's wild! Can you do you have those posted anywhere? The uh, that you do when you a kid?
0: No, I don't think so. Some maybe somewhere on my Patreon, I might have some. I, every once in a while, I throw up pictures from um, my old sketchbooks that I find laying around. Um, yeah, there's there's some there's some good ones. There's some pretty good ones. I remember, you know, you could. I look through them now and I see like, oh, I remember I discovered the shading stage <laughs> when you draw little li- lines on the end of an arm to round it off, and you go, whoa, <laughs> like it's a big mind blowing thing. Oh my god. Uh, I, I just love seeing that stuff. I love
1: seeing artists sort of like early work, like early, early work. Like, yeah. You know, like before, like pre-professional, like childhood level work. And I, I just find it so,
0: I do too. Um
1: got such a charm to it. And it just, it's so interesting to see the roots of, uh, of, of, you know, people's beginnings and, and sort of the commonalities that, that haven't left, you know, right. like whether it's sort of the, uh, a style thing or, or the content or even like, I think in my case, it's sort of like color was a big, um, part of uh, of my early work too, um, mm. but I just I mean I, I would love to see a coffee table book of like artists you know childhood.
0: What a great idea! Yeah, that's a great idea. I know Alex Gray. You know Alex Gray, uh, the psychedelic artist, did a bunch of the tool. You know the the.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, name sounds
0: familiar. Uh, he does. It's familiar. like it looks like musculature and you could see into the bodies and there's like electricity flying off. I was oh, super psychedelic. Yeah. He's kind of the, pretty orig-
1: sure I know. Yeah.
0: He's kind sure of the I originator know. of that. Yeah. But he was a, he was a monster kid. He told me, and there's a, there, I know there's a sketch from when he was a kid in one of his books and it's got a grim reaper next to a grave in a graveyard. And it's like exactly what I was drawing at that age. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> You know, real simple, like a line for the ground and a tombstone and a Grim Reaper. It's like, wow. (laughs) Did you ever feel like
1: you were the only one drawing that, though, when you were a kid? I
0: Yeah, there there wasn't really any other kids drawing that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah, I kind of felt alone in that way. And then I got into makeup effects and and making movies. You know how that is. When you're making Super 8 movies, nobody... I, I don't know about you, but there were no other kids that... Knew anything about Super 8 film making, yeah. and I would get my friends to be in the movie, and just kind of direct them, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they they just go along for it, and they, it was fun for them to watch the movie when it was done. Uh, per, after we sent it to the drugstore to get developed, and hopefully yeah. everything came out. <laughs>
1: The giant light blasts the- and <laughs> um yeah I was I was getting family members like cousins and my uncle and my brother to like act in it and then a lot of it was just like claymation so there wasn't yeah. a, a big human component that probably says a lot for me as in terms of uh of being a loner um no. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people in, my, in my films it was sort of you know you know the monsters were the were the were the population so.
0: right those were your friends
1: uh, yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a clay animation one that was pretty good in junior high school. And then I did a, like a stop motion of earlier. I did a stop motion where I had my star Wars models and I was kind of like making them fly and making them explode and I didn't know anything about a tripod. So everything was just like, yeah, it's just like shit. And then by the time I got to the clay animation one, I figured I realized you needed a tripod and that one looks pretty good. I mean, for a little, you know, 13 year old kid or something, yeah. but I, I don't know if, if I have that anymore. Do you have, all, do that? you have your old super eight stuff?
1: Yeah, I just actually uh, just digitized them earlier oh, this man. year. Um, yeah, I had some some family members pass on, and I'm like, you know, I was, I was the keeper of these like home movies, um, and I'm like, I got to digitize them for everybody before everybody goes, you know, oh, yeah. so, you know family needs to see. So I I did that along all the, fa- all the family movies along with all my my Super Eight stuff. So I finally got around to digitizing it uh, with my iPhone. It's a little strobing stuff but it you know it gets it gets the job done and it's kind of oh you did it
0: you did it with your iphone
1: with my iphone you just
0: filmed it on the wall
1: yeah just put a yeah my iphone on a sort of little tripod and then
0: what a great idea
1: yeah my my friend kind of taught me how to how to do it it's pretty simple it's like i said it kind of there starts to be points in the film where the the phone doesn't sync up with the speed of the film, so it gets a little stroby, okay. so you can adjust the speed of the film. And, but, you know, I've got a projector that basically eats every film I put into it, so <laughs> it's like I never want to have to put 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 anything – I never want to have to thread a film again. So
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember those days of uh, e- e- eating your hard work, these projectors.
1: Chewing the leader up, you <laughs> got to get the film up before it hits the actual film. So I have but, stuff
0: that I that I want to get digitized, and you could send them out. I could probably yeah. drive them, but it's the only one, and I'm so paranoid that I just haven't done it. But doing it on a on a on an iPhone is just like ah, obviously, it seems such a smart thing to do. I'd it's feel a, yeah,
1: it's a. I had to you know I had to sort of uh, just burn a few days doing that but um you know it was uh, I sort of needed a little break from work anyway so it was uh a good you know sort of a good exercise in in uh in, in downtime being constructive but also sort of you know archiving your your oldest work in that so um yeah that no, was should, it'd be
0: fun you should post some of that do you have you posted it I,
1: I have yeah if you sort of dig back I'm gonna I'm gonna post some more but I I sort of did some little clips, uh, that I posted on Instagram and then just set it to some like old monster music. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there, there is, if you, if you dig back a little bit, you'll see some of the, the early stop motion stuff, but
0: I'm going to do yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. stuff. Did you
1: No, I was going to back backtrack a little bit, but did you grow up in, in uh, Southern California? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, it's yeah.
0: a little town called San Pedro. So it was kind of, uh, off the beaten path. You know, outside of LA. So it was kind of a weird little port town, yeah. you know, where everyone's a longshoreman.
1: Oh, yeah. Someone was just talking about that place. Uh, I ne- I've never been, but um, yeah, like you must have had, yeah, I mean, growing up there and, you know, basically, and then uh, getting into the film industry and stuff. I mean, you must have had access to a lot of really wild things growing up.
0: Yeah, I mean, more than someone, living in Canada or in the Midwest probably, but it was still, we were still, you know, an hour outside of Hollywood, maybe, or LA, I don't know, 40 minutes, 30 minutes. And it just felt, San Pedro feels very isolated. It's on the, uh, it's on a peninsula. So it's, it's very, it's, there's only, you know, uh, limited access as far as getting in and out. So you, it's, it's very self-contained. So it felt very, very cut off, but it, but yeah, getting into effects, I was able to make the track out to Hollywood and show my book around and stuff like that. So that was that was huge. And um but still, like finding books on makeup when I was a kid was just yeah. like you go to the library and there was one book maybe. <laughs> yeah, still, yeah, impossible. <laughs> and it's yeah. like and it's all stage makeup. So you know, it's like I want to make prosthetics and stuff. And it's like yeah. how to do rubber or wax noses and rubber ears and stuff. But, you know, you know how it was back then, no internet. and
1: Yeah. Which in some ways I kind of feel that that was a, a really cool part of, I think when we grew up, Um mm-hmm. just because you're kind of making things up as you go along and there's, you know um there's no other way to do it. And yeah. I think if you were, you know, you just driven by your own sort of your, your own motivation to just copy this, this cool stuff. So, um, yeah, but it didn't, it wasn't easy. didn't, it didn't make things easy back then. But was, every,
0: everything was slower too. If you think about, cause letter writing was a thing back then. Like if you, yeah. to, I wrote letters to effects people to try and get feedback on my work and sent pictures that I had to get developed and just think about that, you know, sending something, waiting for it to arrive, waiting for them to open it, them writing a letter and sending it back. It's like the pace of everything was just so much slower, but it just seemed normal. Yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah. it's so weird to get acclimated to this craziness the way things are now.
1: I don't think I've been, I don't think I'll ever get acclimated to it. <laughs> my I mean, brain uh, is not, yeah, I, it's not, it's still, it's still working on letter writing speed, but uh, <laughs> that's, me. That's, that's my problem.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's that. Well, that's more of a natural state, you know, people that are, if you, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Cause, but if you, if you, if you do well in this environment, it kind of means you're fucked up. <laughs> In a way, In fucked up kind of. Yeah, you know, it's like you're. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah, and you need like I don't know three different kinds of antidepressants and <laughs> anxiety medicine just to like just to just to just to make lunch.
0: You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I I I'm very resistant. I I just sort of yeah. I wouldn't call myself a luddite, but I'm definitely resistant to. To things in the in the digital realm I'm, I'm suspicious and a little bit uh yeah everything's sort of like mm, what's the what's the motivation for that yeah what's the, what's the outcome of that if i do that you yeah
0: know? yeah especially, um, especially with all, all this ai stuff too
1: yeah i'm just less inclined to just sort of jump right in Although, yeah you know it there's you know um there's, it, it, there's there's great tools and then there's also of course all the all the, the the backlash and all the nastiness that comes with it but hey it's you know nothing's nothing's binary it's all yeah realms. yeah
0: absolutely so do you use digital tools at all for creating your work are you completely analog when it comes to your paintings and stuff
1: yeah no I actually have I, I leave more on digital but only uh in terms of like um compositing uh sketches um mm. uh, for my paintings, I, it, I find it's really useful to sort of make a digital collage of kind of generally what I have in 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 mind based on sort of you know um, say there's a uh, a bonsai and a fish woman and a and a dog or something like that and it's like how you know like just kind of playing around in in, in digital rather than trying to trying to I'm trying to get out of the habit of redrawing these rough sketches and making like 40 thumbnails of different layouts when I can just do it digitally right? Uh, and get close enough to the point where I can just go to paint it and sort of um, shorten that sort of length between idea and execution, you know, mm-hmm. and, and eliminate all the studies and eliminate all the, you know, um, um, roughs and, and things like that. Cause I find that the, the more I do that, the more that sort of, uh sucks the wind out of the final product because mm. i think by that by the point i get to that if i if I've, if i've done all these studies um i, I sort of lose steam on it i, mm. I lose the um the inertia uh, i find that i've already painted it in my head so i'm less excited about the final i'm just at that point i'm just rendering you know right um, so I do use yeah I do use the the digital for that and then also it's been really useful for for my uh the comics that I've done because um it's just great for like you know uh, obviously scanning cleaning up the art um prepping the the, the uh the the files the tonal yeah, the yeah. files for different colors and stuff so um yeah the AI thing I'm really curious about and I would like to sort of uh get into kind of dip my toes in it from a sort of like creating movie stills of my work sort of mm-hmm. approach I think uh sort of what I would have in mind for that um and uh yeah I sort of just stepped over the nft thing entirely and I I don't know kind of you know I, I thought about that for a for a blip and then it's sort of like then AI kind of got big and might
0: it's like, have been oh, yeah
1: it seems like it has more potential for me than an NFT.
0: Yeah, you know, that, that, may, that may have been for the be- the best. Because <laughs> I did it. Maybe, I, yep. I got in right at the tail end. I, I'm telling you, if I would have gone in a year earlier when my friend Josh was telling me to get in, I probably would have made a million dollars. Seriously. Oh yeah, it was crazy. And I got in at the very tail end of it, but st- where stuff was still selling and there was a lot of hype. And I made a pretty decent amount of money. Um, and for me, it was cool because I was animating, I was able to animate paintings that I had because I'm really, I like, uh, I got into digital a, a long time ago and I do enjoy digital 3d animation and 2d kind of animation. So I made these paintings like 2d animations, which was really fun for me. Uh, and that's that was like the primary motivation. It's like, oh, I get to get back to my digital stuff from nineteen ninety eight and have a reason yeah. to do it. I could make money off of it somehow because everything's yeah, got to okay. make money now. But it, it just totally crashed. And there's and there's so many criminals you got to worry about in there in that space and assholes, you know. And there's also really great people. I met a lot of really cool people in it. Some really great artists too, but yeah. also some terrible, terrible artists and that are super popular and people that are like yeah. super right wing. It's really like I just it's like a lot it was just a weird, not a great fit for me. Um, you know, if if it hadn't crashed, I probably would still be the, the money was too good to not do it, to be well, honest. Yeah, about. no kidding. And it's really? like you feel you know, you feel greedy saying that, but you know, it's like I, I I hate that I always have to talk about money, but it's like, this is the world we live in. I don't, I wish I didn't have to think about money, you know, I don't, I don't want to think about fucking money, but it's like, you have to monetize things to survive if you're going to keep making work. So
1: hey and you deserve you deserve to make some money chat yeah totally, it's I, totally, it's <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong true with
0: that. true i know um, i know but you know how it is when you know not, I, I talk a lot about making money <laughs> with the artists and just how to make money and i just oh, and it feels kind of gross but it's like it's a reality you know No, it's
1: a, it's a total, it's a total reality. Um, I think, I think, yeah, the problem is with NFTs, it seemed like the money took over the art.
0: That's exactly what happened. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: And it got kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I saw these like hacky people just, you know, releasing hacky work hacky work for (laughs) a lot of money and making a lot of money too and it's like well hey they figured it out but at the same time I guess I've just never been motivated by that sort of
0: I know I know
1: hey I like I like money as much as as anybody I like you know like everybody wants to have a you know uh, a comfortable lifestyle and a a nice place to work and stuff like that but um, you know um, but yeah I mean if I was a little more motivated by money maybe i would have gotten to the nft you know thing a little a little faster a little quicker but i just i i mean i just love painting i love putting paint to canvas board and i I love doing comics and it's like really hard for you know well i don't i was gonna say it's hard for me to transition out of that but it's like i don't want to that's the thing i'm not
0: motivated
1: so it's like i have to sort of approach it from the other way and um hopefully i can make money in 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 those arenas you know yeah
0: yeah that's that's how i felt when i i was for a a period there, I was thinking about getting into tattooing because I was doing tattoo shows, showing my art at tattoo shows. And I met so many cool tattoo artists and, uh, and it was like, I almost did it. And then I was just like, it finally dawned on me that I'm already doing the thing that I love the most, which is oil painting. It's not going to get better than that. So
1: yeah. Yeah. uh, widespread yourself totally
0: thin yeah Yeah. you'd be doing it just to make the money and and i and i still have this idealism about art and and it should be like a real thing and a true expression and stuff that's important to me so yeah i didn't want to be doing so if i wanted to make money i could go back to effects if i wanted to you know get cash there's other ways of doing it but uh yeah i love it man i love painting so much fun it's the best thing in the world yeah um So yeah, you're a, uh, well, anyway, let's, let's go through your, your, uh, the rest of your childhood and, and your story to how you got here before we talk about panels and oil painting and stuff.
1: <laughs> sure. It'll be fast. There's not much to about. <laughs> Well, you got it. You did. You,
0: you, you got a degree or you went to school for interior design.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that was later on after, after high school. Um, yeah, I sort of didn't really know that you could make uh, a living off of off doing art or comics or anything, anything interesting like that. Right. So, uh, I got into interior design, sort of, uh, my uncle, uh, uh, that was, that was what he did. And I sort of have an, he was the sort of the most creative person in our sort of family, extended family. And, um, that's sort of, I guess, um, how I got into that. Um, there was also, um, uh, the University of Manitoba, where the uh, town that I grew up, Winnipeg, um, they had the interior design program, so I was able to sort of live at home and, and and save money that way. Which, in hindsight, I should have ventured out and really done the whole university college thing, and you know, mm. lived, <laughs> lived in a dorm room and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> I know it doesn't seem it seems like it would have been fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was not very adventurous as uh, <laughs> as a as a kid or a, or a teen uh, or, or an adult, for that matter. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> You know, um,
0: yeah. That seems like it would be a useful skill, though, interior design to, to, that you it, can apply towards it artwork. Really, you know what?
1: The, the, the good thing is that it opened up so many doors in terms of, like, um, I guess influences that I probably would have never had if I had sort of just gone the route of, like, oh, I want to do a, a yeah. career in, um, you know, uh, animation or illustration or something. It really sort of broadened, uh, my sort of uh abilities and uh and also influences. And then after I sort of you know um walked away from from that career, I was able to sort of take all these other uh things like fine art and architecture and and uh and color theory and that and just apply them to to um what I did want to do, which right. ended up being illustration and, and artwork. Um so I, I kind of really went at it in a roundabout way, but I think in the end it's sort of maybe um, worked out really well because I didn't sort of, I wasn't just going for a a sort of a straightforward line um, into like education into illustration. It was sort of this, this roundabout more, uh, you know, um, bigger, bigger picture sort of thing. And then coming at it in a fresh, uh, fresh approach. Mm -hmm. Uh, It took a hell of a lot longer because I was like, sort of like teaching myself and, and uh, you know, um, sort of experimenting with techniques and stuff. But um, yeah I mean you know totally ended up being uh, absolutely useful um for 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 what I
0: do now that's cool so how did you uh, end up getting into illustration
1: yeah um well it's, I, it's something I've been interested in, uh, in in a long time I took uh I was in a vocational school in, in high school and I took uh, commercial art and that sort of sort of turned me on to to illustration um and then um, after my sort of career in interior design I started to sort of think about what I could do creatively that was more um individual and less sort of administrative you know like I, found, I was finding interior design was 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 a lot of uh working with clients directly and quite a lot of a lot of admin stuff which I wasn't really into so I really wanted to get back to sort of creating uh imagery
0: real and, real quick oh, what what kind, what were you doing if in the uh, interior design job like what were you doing Actually, uh,
1: well it was sort of you know junior junior level stuff um everything from sort of like uh, drawing um you know blueprints uh mm. design drawings um also just sort of uh the firm i was working for did mostly uh like resident or not residential sorry um like retail and hospitality.
0: So it okay. was like, restaurants
1: and things. So it was like designing, you know, part of a design team uh, working on uh, retail, you know, um, store layouts, fixtures, things like so that. So
0: really, really not very artistically adventurous kind of work either, I'm sure. Very. Not
1: really. Definitely <laughs> creative. I mean, the firm was like one of the best firms in the, in the world. I oh, that's creative. cool. Yeah, I was in Toronto. Uh, and it just like really forward thinking, very, very like, very creative very hmm. like driven by uh materials and and uh and, and color and textures and things like that that's so cool it, that's cool i was able to learn a lot there yeah as well was
0: it was um, what did it pay well no okay
1: no. it's like totally overworked <laughs> Yeah. i mean you know at that level you're sort of you know when you, you enter you enter into a, a firm that's that's world renowned and like just got a fantastic reputation and you enter that junior level and you're just like you know somewhat taken advantage of yeah they know you're gonna work hard
0: right and
1: motivated and they don't have to pay you that much right
0: so, okay yeah,
1: the, pay, the pay was not great and it was just the doing all nighters like, yeah like all nighters and stuff but anyways um yeah so that's sort of uh yeah I, I think you know i did that for a while then after that i um did a, a brief stint in animation when i moved out to vancouver here hmm. uh, sort of doing more like again just like service work with uh Character cleanup, um, you know, really uh, a little bit of layout work, but mostly character cleanup, which, you know, is a fast track to carpal tunnel <laughs> um, when you were doing it. It was all done by hand at that point. It was like in the late 90s. So, um, so you know, I started yeah. going to the library and pouring over like American illustration annuals, um, communication arts, uh, any sort of like illustration Um annuals magazines that i that i could find and that's when i kind of stumbled upon the world of like mark ryden and the clayton brothers and gary baseman uh camilla rose garcia you know like that sort of um uh very very southern california sort of influenced uh work yeah. uh, uh yeah. yeah and that that really that really drove me i was loving the stuff i was seeing um Pose magazine habit. and yeah, I discovered, yeah, I discovered Blab early on and, uh, you know, a lot of, the, a lo- you know, I was seeing Gary Baseman's work in, uh, in Ray Gun before I sort of really knew who Gary Baseman was, uh, Gary Baseman. Um, so, you know, um, but once I sort of discovered this work in in, uh, in these illustration annuals and publications, it was like, wow, this is, I need to be, I need to be doing that, this.
0: You know, that's probably where I first saw Mark Ryden's work also, because he was a big influence on why I started painting also.
1: Yeah. And he was winning a lot of awards for his covers and uh, and the editorial work as well. Work for the Rolling Stone. Right. Right. The famous Christina Ricci portrait with the V stuff. And that was just blowing my mind.
0: Yeah. Me too. I was was like, this is like,
1: you know, little did I know that maybe setting your sights that high is a little (laughs) weird.
0: But still you're like, I want to do that. I I remember seeing his stuff. And being like, I want to do that. Aiming very
1: high at that point for sure. But, um, just just loving all that work and and then you know discovering um blab and uh it was a lot of great you know charles burns was doing great well is still does great work mm-hmm. but uh, charles burns was like uh, when i discovered him too i was yeah, like he's really awesome this, is, this stuff is like just and i don't like a lot of newer work i always kind of lean back on those like early comics and stuff but mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like contemporary work like his work is just it just speaks to me. Like it just, you know,
0: yeah, I just, can see that. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just incredible. And just, I remember doing a little, a little stage of like trying to ink like Charles Burns. And it's like, I give up. I can't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which way the brush is supposed to go. Right. I don't know what ink he's using or yeah. I could, not, I could not make it, I could not make it work. He, so he
0: makes it look so easy too. Yeah, when you go to so do it, it's and, like, this looks terrible.
1: <laughs> so clean. And so like, I've been there. And thought out. Yeah. So it was really, honestly, it was, Yeah, an eye opener to sort of like again, you know, look at these sort of like giants and then try to sort of emulate their work and realize it's like, oh, this is really tough. I got to figure something else out because I can't do what they're doing. Uh, But um, yeah, but early on, it's it's funny. Like I did, I did sort of, I got into illustration. in the sort of late nineties, but by about 2004, that's when I started to kind of play around with like doing my own stuff just for fun. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, I want to make this fun again. So, you know, painting like weird Popeye paintings on a with acrylic for my brother, like just really out there. It's like just bizarre playing with like typography. And
0: so, um, so not, not with any uh, aspirations of being, getting into galleries, but just doing it for you thinking yeah, think that, that way or not, were you,
1: Not specifically. I mean, I think maybe it was sort of in the back of my mind, but when I, when I started, I knew that I was like totally green. So I was, you know, making a living off illustration, but then really starting to fool around with, um, yeah, just painting. And, um, I think I bought a little sketchbook that i sort of started just laying stuff in there, just weird, weird stuff, not worrying too much about, um, you know, if it was going to go anywhere.
0: Right. Um, Let me, uh, real quick, let me ask you one thing. Um, was your illustration work that you were living off of, was that in your current style or, or were, did you have to kind of like change styles to fit the projects or how? Yeah. because like Mark Ryden's stuff. He did illustration, but it was usually in his weird style. He was able yeah, to do that yeah. somehow.
1: It was definitely not. It was, it was sort of an adaptation of that sort of retro visual language, okay. but a little more accessible. Um, you know, when I started, I was getting, there was, um, quite a bit of editorial work, like in magazines and newspapers. So I wasn't able to sort of really go nuts with the weirdness or yeah, the. Yeah. I but I was you. using the sort of the color palettes, um, that, that, you know, I was sort of developing my color palette in that sort of retro way. Um, the, a lot of the figures were sort of retro and looking back on my oldest work now, it's like really hard to look at cause it was just
0: oh man so I, uh, hard with
1: this retro <laughs> style and it's like oh,
0: it's... i just did that recently went back and was looking at old paintings i was like oh man i used to think that was a good painting
1: yeah i've <laughs> tossed so much of my illustration work i have i still have some uh, some boxes of it but i really tossed a lot of it oh it like, you gotta keep oh.
0: it that stuff's important because it's part of your history as an artist so even it, if it, it sucks it, it's it's <laughs> it's it's a part of your your history and that it's makes true. it important, it's, you know,
1: it's true. It was a space thing more or less, you know, I still got tons of work. Don't worry. <laughs> I've also sold, I've also sold quite a bit of illustration work over the years. That's cool. Um, so, so a, a lot of it's, uh, it's, it's very thinned out, but I still have some, some, uh, some work from over the last, last, last 20 years. But, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to sort of go go crazy and really express my 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 true self, so that really motivated me to uh, start start playing around with um, uh, painting. You know, doing some some fun paintings, mm-hmm. uh, planning comic books that never happened and stuff. But really, you know, that's I had a lot more time on my hands back then, so I was able to, um, you know, I'm glad I did because I was re- really able to to dive into that and and uh, eventually started sort of painting things that I had dreamt about or, or, hmm. uh, that sort of thing. And that was sort of a, uh, a turning point when I started sort of, you know, uh, digging a little bit deeper and, and pulling some of this weirdness out. And, uh, it was, it was really just super fun. And I, I guess, I guess I had a lot more energy back then. So I was, I was doing the illustration full time, but then I was also like starting to, to, you know at that point just sort of getting into like art shows and, and and things and just like I don't know how I was doing Yeah I know
0: I was just talking Apparently about, just do yeah. the art shows now yeah you know? I was just talking about this on the last podcast that for 7 years I was working the day job 40 hours a week at effects and on lunch hours and in the evenings and on weekends I was doing the painting and trying to build this career and I would go during lunch to drop paintings off at a show I was going to be in that weekend 7 years I did that I was like, I, 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 I could never do that now. It's yeah, it's crazy, man. I yeah. guess. But, well, but, I think but, that's just we had that fire, lot. though, you know, like uh, for me, and I, maybe it's, it was like this for you. I had that fire, like, I have to get out. I was desperate to get out of effects because I was unhappy there, so it was like. I was just—I have to like—I was scared of being that I was going to be stuck there the rest of my life. So I was kind of like, "I have to get out. I'll do whatever it takes." Oh, totally. You know, well, that's
1: why—that's why I got into. I think that was my motivator to get into illustration because I had sort of um, ten year, like I think I—I—I think I, 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 I got my illustration rep, Kate Larkworthy, around nineteen ninety eight. But I think it was a good, like, sort of you know, probably six to seven years before that uh working through interior design and then sort of in in animation and mm-hmm. service animation stuff. And it was, it was, it was you know, I, I had the whole time I had sort of had this inkling to like um do illustration and do comics. I, mean, I even published like a self-published comic or two oh, cool. during that time. And I always kept the sketchbook and stuff. It's not like I stopped drawing, but I I didn't know how to do it, where to go, who to you know, I didn't have a lot of people to talk to about. I didn't know anyone in the industry. Mm. Uh but yeah, definitely, there was that that sort of fire that that never that never left me. And then, really, doing the animation work was sort of like this is like a grind. I need to figure this out. <laughs> and I remember I I had contacted Kate Larkin. I said I sent out a whole bunch of these like sort of little crappy color photocopy postcards that I made, and they were really weird. They were like. Uh, very like kind of sci-fi little like postcards in a little sort of mini narrative, um, mm-hmm. which I still have the art for that. Um, and sent those out and and got a bite from, from Kate. And, uh, and, at right about the same time though, um or was it before? Sorry, I think I'm getting my timeline
0: mixed up. I know it's so hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. No. So before that, so I was, I was, I was working animation. It was really like, the grind was getting to me and I was like, at a, at a precipice, at a precipice where I was like, I need to like do something different. I really want to get into illustration, I'm trying really hard to break that. And then at the same time, I'd also applied, um, to, uh, join IATSE and, 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 and look at sort of doing like art, art, uh, department work in mm, film. So okay. I was really hopping in Vancouver around right, that time. Right. And there was a, a a point, there was a day where it was like, I think the illustration I got some attention from the illustration cards I sent out. And then also I got a call from like an uh, art art department on a, a, a hot show that was filming Vancouver and um, they were willing to take me on. And it's like, I had to choose and it was like, Oh man, like I think the money's probably really good in film from what I hear, but I really want to do this art thing too. So wow. I just kind of like, all right, I'm going to, I got to pick art over. over <laughs> you know. I, like cool. And also, I mean, the film thing was kind of like, I think in the back of my head, I was like, this might just be more service work, you know, kind of, it was a little bit like the tattoo thing you were talking about. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's, there's, I know there's going to be some money there and it's going to sort of apply my skills and stuff, but it's like, what do I, you know, what do I really want to be doing with my days? And uh, yeah. And then that's sort of, that was, I don't know. That, that was almost, yeah, over 20 years ago anyway So,
0: yeah that's, yeah, that's how I felt in effects. It was like uh, at a certain point I had done, because I was in there like 20 years overall, I think. And and I just felt like at a certain point where it, no matter how cool it was, it was still, I felt like I was another person's pair of hands. Yeah. You know, yeah, and and and, I, and it's like when you've sculpted, I've sculpted, I was primarily a sculptor, but it was like, I sculpted everything. Pretty much, you know, I can't think of anything I haven't, <laughs> or I haven't sculpted that I've wanted to sculpt. It's like, you know, where do I go from here? What's, what more is there here for me really? And I had this, I wanted to express these weird ideas, you know? So it seemed like yeah. fine art was the, the only place to go really for me. The answer. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I, it's funny too. Cause I, I was, always thought of myself as someone who didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I wasn't very decisive. I wasn't very like sort of aggressive or strong willed in terms of like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to crush it. It just, I kind of felt like I was always fumbling around a little bit. Mm. And, and with the art thing, I think that's the first time in my life that I really felt like I made the right choice. I I, I made a decision and I stuck with it and I'm going to do it. And I, I'm mm. loving it, you know, and it's like, it really felt like that was the fit. And um and you know, fast forward what twenty-three years or twenty-four years, you know. So (laughs) um, so I can look back and was like, well, at least I did something right back then. That was a good that
0: was a good choice. That was a good choice. My
1: my stupid twenties just (laughs) wasting my twenties, just just fumbling around, but
0: um
1: I don't know. I the more artists I talk to though, it's like always that similar career arc where it's like love to do art as a kid, fumbled around for your teens and your twenties. And then your 30s, you start to figure it out. And then by the time you hit your 40s, then you're like, you kind of are are doing it, you know? And it's like, it's a long, it's a long journey.
0: Oh man, I know. That was, I guess that's the other thing that lit a fire under my ass is that I didn't even decide to get into fine art until I was 33, I think. So, and I had a family and we just bought a house. So it's like, I was established I had this job. And uh, but, but it just, and you had
1: kids and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 And it it was too painful. It was too, but it was, that's how bad I felt at work. It was like, yeah, you know, it was a a lot of different things, really. But the main thing was I felt like I I wasn't getting this thing out. I don't know why I just didn't do it. It's funny to think, I don't know why I didn't just do it on the weekends. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) instead of trying to get out, I don't know why I didn't, like, okay, here's a steady paycheck. Why don't I just do this for fun? I just felt like I have to be full-time fine artist. I gotta I gotta (laughs) gotta do it. I guess I guess the more I painted, the more it was like so much fun and so enjoyable that every second I was at work, I felt like, oh, I could be painting right now. You know, this is killing me. Every day it was like, oh, it's killing me to be.
1: It's hard to yeah, the hard to it would be hard to make that compromise. And I think also like you mentioned doing it on the weekend, but when, when you have a family, I think yeah. that becomes really problematic. Yeah, because, for sure. You know,
0: um, yeah, weekends after everyone's in bed, so then you're like staying up late to to get your time in. It's a bitch.
1: Yeah, a bitch. yeah. And when you're when you're when you're in your thirties, you can do that. Yeah, not 50s. <laughs> it's it's definitely not happening. There's <laughs> <laughs> the odd night now where I can like you know, but. My, my kid goes to bed and uh, I can I can get a little bit more work done, but I'm not doing I'm not doing anything important like painting. If anything, I'm answering emails
0: and packing, right.
1: yeah, <laughs> packing prints and comics and stuff. I'm just <laughs> doing the sort of grunt work because I'm like just too dumb by that point to <laughs> to to make any good decisions about yeah
0: level, right? yeah yeah. That's the other thing is like your brain. Just Although actually, that, that, that
1: <laughs> being said, though I did sort of draw that whole the the, the 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 drawings of the Blab Show, the thirty drawings that I did. I did do those mostly in the evenings, um, you know, watching Netflix, half watching Netflix and then kind of like drawing those as well. That was sort of the, the whole idea for that show was like, Hey, this is a show that I can actually do after hours right? Uh, over a course of two months and get enough content and, and pieces done that it'll, it'll be a show,
0: you know? Yeah. So. It, was, it was cool too. Cause they were affordable. That's so important. I think to get, um, I don't know. I think that's, it's important to have, work that is affordable for people that can't afford big paintings, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think I heard you mention that on another one of your, your episodes. And, and uh, I, have kind of always felt like, like that too. It's, it's um, which is why I love to do the comics. It's one reason. I mean, I, I just love doing comics. I'd yeah. probably do them if no one bought them anyways, but it's like, <laughs> it's really, it's really nice to have kind of like a, a signed affordable, piece of something you know a, a, i don't even want to say a, a product but it, i guess it's it's a product you know like um print, there's there's original artwork which is you know oil paintings are very expensive and then you're down to like sort of like drawings and then you go to prints and then mm. you go to like comics and then like postcards and stickers right. and but I, I like i like the full range of it and you yeah. know just, I, I like that people can can buy something affordable like a drawing or or um or, or a comic but then also you know those those less affordable items. If someone's buying a a, a a painting, I love adding all those into the package as sort of extras too. Right. So it's sort of like, you know, well you you know you pulled the trigger on this really expensive piece. You should, yeah, you know here's a, here's <laughs> a bunch of here's a bunch of other stuff. So um, yeah, they were cool. Yeah. I, I to- I'm totally with you. I, I like that idea of of sort of being able to um, you know a- appeal to people in different demographics and, and different pay scales and and uh,
0: you know yeah think of you know of being able to afford like a Mark Ryden drawing when you were starting out or you know it's like the, the oh, idea of having an original anything by him would be amazing
1: yeah there's always that argument I think people argue against that where it's like no oh, you got to keep your work like really hard to get and um, you know that sort of elitist sort of that's mentality old. where it's like you know you got to just just turn out like 15 paintings a year and that's all you're putting out and it's like I guess that's that's one way to do it but i i do like the sort of the having uh you know having having um, items available for for like conventions or yeah shows or, or whatever the case i've, is. I've so.
0: never i've never taken that approach i've always just i figure there's so many people there's more people than there ever were out there in the world you know that's kind of an old school attitude when there was less yeah. less people out there in the world this artwork is more i don't know it's i don't want to say more mainstream but it's People buy art more now, I think, than when I was growing up. For sure, it's kind of like the average person can get yeah, art yeah. art now, whereas when I was a kid, it was like only fancy rich people had artwork. And
1: yeah, for sure, <laughs> So, no, absolutely,
0: uh, and, um, and
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's but also you know, what was I wasn't gonna say that the uh, I, well for me too. It's like I, I I I love that sort of the the pop culture world that i came from and i i aspire to get something made one day into a a tv series or a film or something like that and i think for for me building up an audience yeah affordable stuff is just gonna widen that whole yeah um you know you're trying to create sort of a pre-existing um audience for your work. I yeah. think you're not going to do that if you're sung. So I think it really just depends what you're, what you're into, what you're, what you're striving towards. Your stu-
0: yeah. Your stuff would be amazing. as a as a uh, animated, it'd be so cool as an animated show or something in your style the, of work. do you imagine the
1: goal? But uh, that's yeah, I'm pretty so green. Cool. I don't know. I don't know a lot about, uh, well, I shouldn't admit it on the, on your podcast, world, <laughs> but no, I am, I am pretty green. I've started sort of having conversations with people and, and, uh, it, you know, about developing things and that. So it's it's very at the beginning stages.
0: But, oh, that, that would be... I hope uh, I'm happens. kind of hoping it
1: sort of just becomes a sort of a long-term thing. It's not something that I want to rush into and then it's like, ah, oh, nothing's happening. Uh, screw it. You know, that sort of thing. It's it's more like, oh, I, I'm, I'm in the early phases and this could take a while.
0: But, yeah, yeah. That's uh, every, everyone I know who's done anything remotely like that. Even stuff that didn't pan out, it's been it was a years-long process you know okay. it, it, so it's it's better to have that as a, a little sideline maybe uh i mean i i would love to do that with my work have some kind of you know movie or series or something and for me i'm hoping because i've never done a comic i want to do a comic so bad I'm dying to do a comic and so i'm thinking like that might be a good intermediate thing to do in between because it's like it's probably never going to happen but but you never know and and a comic book you'd be like storyboarding your tv show or whatever it is in a way
1: yeah it's a comics well you first of all you should do a comic i'd love to see a comic that that, i want to see what this i want to see what this looks like
0: um,
1: (laughs) and and reads like um but but i mean i i think it is it's a great it's kind of like a little pitch tool you know like yeah exactly it's and and if it
0: doesn't pan out you still have a comic book.
1: Yeah. You know what you I mean? Could sell, you could sell the original art. Right. Um, you could make prints of it. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I've kind of found that comics have actually had a really good, um, sort of, um, lifespan in terms of like how, how much, uh, mileage I can, I, I get out of them in terms of, uh, the, the original art, um, prints, uh, limited editions, regular editions, you know, it just sort of keeps, keep, you know,
0: keep right.
1: going. So, um yeah. Uh,
0: how, how did you end up getting into comics?
1: Um really I mean and I hope everyone knows that I've only done basically three three comics and a graphic novel to date. So when I say, you know, when I'm in comics, hey,
0: that's... <laughs> it's, it's,
1: it's pretty limited it's more than I have. <laughs> I mean, outside of all the input I did when I was a kid, which is probably like about 40 or 50 hand-drawn comics that I did when I was when I was a right. kid. Um, but, um, yeah, I, so in, in my sort of like, you know, actual art career, um, I, I had an opportunity to do an art show at Wyden Kennedy in, in Portland, which mm-hmm. is an ad agency, but they have, um, a, uh, like a sort of a gallery space, common space on the, on the main floor. It's really, it's a really big, big, uh, footprint of a, of a space. Um, and the idea was not to do something like a traditional art show with paintings, but something more along the lines of an installation or whatever you wanted to do, uh, multimedia, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, which I had never done that at that point. Um, so I, I took the, a, a painting that was titled Mean Girls Club, which was just this sort of parade of like Neanderthal, like yeah, great yeah, club toting <laughs> <I love that. laughs> women and, and basically just sort of turned that into, uh um uh, a comic book and uh a, a built-out clubhouse that projected um a short film of the mean girls club inside the clubhouse
0: oh um, cool so,
1: yeah you kind of poke your head through the windows and you're you can you can watch the film but then also the person across from you it's like this taxidermy it's sort of like a, a, a you know those taxidermy plaques that they mount
0: yeah at. yeah <laughs> so
1: that was the sort of the cutout so you're looking at another person
0: that's so cool
1: away from you <laughs> and they're like they're basically a mounted head.
0: that's a great, it's a great idea. <laughs> um
1: so yeah so that so that sort of became this little self-published um risograph uh zine comic that I did did for that and sold at that show. Um and then uh I, I managed to get that in the hands of uh of nobrow um the publisher in the UK that does do really uh fantastic uh comics and graphic novels and children's books and that um, so they, they picked it up and then uh, went on to do a, a graphic novel with them um, uh, about uh, with the Mean Girls as well. So that was sort of the, the launching pad um, was sort of the, the world of, of self-publishing. And then the, the next two comics that I, I did, uh, Frog Wife and Pleasure Planner, were both um, self-published as well. Oh, cool. Using the, the risograph technique. I don't know. Are you?
0: What's the risograph? No, I don't know that.
1: So risograph is like a, a, a photocopier that was designed and uh, made. It's a it's Japanese photocopier, basically, that has from, I think, 12 to 20 different color ink cartridges. And you run your paper through almost like a silk screen. Mm-hmm. So you print, you're printing like your cyan and you're printing your brown and you're printing your yellow and stuff. And you're, you're doing this in different uh passes yeah. as opposed to like you know traditional digital which is just everything comes out right uh, in, in one pass so it gives you a really great like um look with the with the transparent inks so you're, wow. you wow you can color mix uh, does it does
0: it look hard. more like traditional comics is that it looks, the it idea looks very much
1: like traditional it's the closest thing i could find to like a, a traditional printing technique that would give me that sort of comic look that's so, so cool yeah, so sometimes it's a little off register. So yeah, yeah, comfy. I
0: love that. Um, I love that. <laughs> sometimes
1: the ink fades out in a little area, so it's kind of washed out. So it's it's every 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 comic ends up being almost like unique. There's there's no two comics alike. That's it's so always, awesome. It's always a little bit off, and um, you know, uh, sort of warts and all. And yeah, the inks are are transparent, so you do get that real like four color. You know. Um, you know, comic book, uh, vintage comic book look, which is uh, basically I selected three colors uh, for the last two comics and just mixed them. You know, kind of like blue, blue, yellow, red, basically. Wow. um Yeah, and uh, and and then was able to sort of create pretty much anything. Well, as you know, you can pretty much create anything out of out of those.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Um, yeah. So the risograph, risograph is really fun. It's not super expensive.
0: And so it, you it, you bought the printer you you own the no pr- I, oh. I
1: i get this done in a there's a a place in toronto color code print that do they do great work
0: you oh okay know, I, so it's
1: I, I could not afford to get a unless i was gonna get really heavily into it i might consider buying one but so
0: uh, so it's you, it's it is like something you farm out the printing and and do they yeah. do the, the binding and all that they do
1: all the binding and everything okay. all the, the trimming and everything like that so are, do, are,
0: there, are there a lot of other people that use this technique
1: uh it's it's not super common i mean people that do like it's sort of common in that the the zine world you know people doing their little art zines and, mm-hmm. and uh, com, comics and things like that so it's it's sort of public it's 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 sort of common in that sort of scene but not really um it's not well known like i mentioned it to people and i'd say like 20 percent of people know what i'm talking hmm. about wow who, it, it, uh Mark Todd and Esther Pro Watson turned me onto it um years ago. And um uh they're like the you know, the contrib- lab contributors and, and, and that that I was showing right. and um and, and they are heavily into the sort of or were, I don't know if they still do, but um heavily into zines. So um yeah, they kind of got me into into that. I love it. Uh, yeah, but it's it's yeah, anyways, that's the sort of the, the the my my comic history and uh <laughs> and now i'm just it, struggling to like try to come up with uh, a couple months that i can string together to do another another comic um it's just yeah seems really hard to to put um uh, put that much time together um
0: now yeah but, uh, do you how do you uh it sounds like you enjoy the process cuz it's a completely different trip than creating a yeah, painting it is yeah. i have
1: to you know I, I love switching back between doing comics and the oil or, or painting uh just i'll just call it painting because i paint with gouache as well mm. but um uh, yeah I, I i find it sort of a nice break um it's just sort of exercises a different artistic muscle um yeah i really it's it, it's 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 a laborious process as i'm sure you know um but I really enjoy the sort of the, the development of it um, you know, the sort of the creating original art art for it um, mm. and the, the sort of the, the narrative aspect of it. It's, it's, yeah, I, I love switching between the two, but um, it is sort of, it's so, it's so time consuming that I have to figure out a way to sort of um, you know, maybe crowdfund right. comics or, or again, maybe it's something that I've sort of, um, design my next comics uh sort of at a size and a a sort of a style that i can do in the evening again sort of like the blab drawings Mm -hmm. so um you know something that's sort of not going to take up a lot of my my daylight hours the painting hours but
0: yeah i think it's just it's it's uh seems so fun to me like it would be so much fun but i have no idea how it's going to be when I do go to do it. Finally, it's, I'm just, it's oh, yeah, yeah I'm big just, big I'm, big I'm big. hoping it's as fun as it seems like it's going to be. Cause I like, I do like, uh, I like tedious work. Uh, I do well, enjoy.
1: For you then. <laughs>
0: I, when I was, sculpt- love comics. <laughs> when i was uh, a sculptor in the film industry i would like i was one of the few people that was really into detail and sculpting pores and things like that like i i just like to zone out and and just have everything look super polished when it's done and so i'm wondering if maybe i don't know we'll see we'll see i like building things and stuff too so it seems like i might be i don't know we'll see anyway anyway how
1: do you feel about lettering uh
0: that's a good question i mean i have like a my my lettering kind of i think i i have a certain style that i could probably do for Definitely. for a comic maybe yeah but i, mean, I don't not, know have
1: to have any 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 text whatsoever but i'm just, I'm just yeah I, personally i like the the sort of the the type typographical aspect of
0: comic. Yeah, like yeah, yeah yeah
1: i like doing the titles i like doing the, the sound effects like I, I i really enjoy that and um, I know a lot of people just use like canned fonts, um, or they even like create their own font right? Um, in the, you know, digitally. And it's like, I'm not that advanced. So I just hand letter everything and you know? mm. kind of, kind of wonky looking, but I, I like, I like the look of it and I enjoy doing it. It's like you say about the, like sculpting the pores. It's like, for me, like lettering a comic book is like that. Cause it's just, you get in this like <laughs> zone and you just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's yeah,
0: it's, it's meditative pleasant. kind of, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Well, you you have the, the, um, these paintings that are like comic book covers, right? Mm. The, the, they're so cool. It's a, it's a, such a great idea where they're just kind of like out of context.
1: Are you talking about the ones with like the text at the like yeah the the top or that? Yeah, that's something I haven't done. Those. It's in a, so.
0: It's like, so. I'm so mad that you did that because it's like oh i wish i would have thought of that. <laughs> i would love to do like horror like ec horror comic style my work as like comic book covers the comics that never existed you know i love that this conceptually it's it's kind of brilliant
1: I, I started doing that yeah that was early that was pretty early in my personal art like but yeah it's um, such a great idea sort of, though. i think that just came as an extension of like love the love of like pulp art and comic mm-hmm. art just you know, it's like, and again, the sort of the typography and creating yeah. these like extravagant titles with big drop shadows and stuff. Um, but I, I still, I still do it. And I want to get back to doing a, more of that as well. I, I think the most recent examples are probably some of the Batman uh, commissions I've done mm. uh, with the big, you know, sort of title at the top. But um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And even, even the paintings that I do without the, the titles at the top, I still sort of imagine them as, as, like yeah
0: yeah you could kind of probably take most of your work and put it on a comic book cover and it would totally work because it's got that sort of feel to it that narrative
1: yeah that layout came in the that sort of idea came in handy with the the tool poster i did where it's sort of like just an easy drop to put the tool yeah uh, yeah (laughs) at the top you know because it's like it's almost like i just left space
0: right right
1: Kind of has that look of the of a, of a pulp painting. Yeah. Sans, the, sans all the typography and stuff. Yeah, so I forgot
0: fun. that you did that. That's a great one. That was, that was a great poster. Oh um, yeah. Thanks.
1: Um, yeah, you've done, you've done a couple. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: was, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, yeah, it's super, super fun. I'm actually, yeah, sort of in the, in the works right now, maybe it's too soon to mention, but just sort of getting images together for, um, for, for a second one. So oh, hopefully, cool. you know, knock wood, that, that, that pans out. Cause um, it's pretty, pretty rad. I mean, I, I saw a tool at Lollapalooza in, in 92 and it's kind of cool that it's come around to, you know, to, to this, to that. Yeah. Sort
0: of how amazing is that? It's, it's really exciting. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. So I want to, I want to, uh, uh, nerd out about your paintings and do some technical nerding with you. Let's do it. Uh, what's your your preferred uh, surface? Yeah. All right, do you prefer oils? I know you said you worked in gouache. Tell me about yeah. your techniques. And
1: I, yeah, I mean, I, I I really enjoy both. I mean, the the great thing about gouache is I love it's it's it has this beautiful chalky feel. Yeah. Um, it's you can move it around when it's when it's dry. You can kind of you know rewet it. You can blend it and stuff um and it just um to me it just has a, it has a great feel very like very natural and, and and i'm at a point where it's like if i want to paint something uh quickly and i don't have to worry about drying time or anything it's like washes is, is is fantastic
0: over me. acrylic
1: uh i used acrylic for a long time and it got to the point where it was just it felt like it was always gummy it felt like i was always working in like tar almost hmm. you know it was like it was never quite wet and it was never quite dry I don't know, humidity <laughs> or something, but it was starting to drive me a little, little bit nuts. Um, I'll still use it on, on, some projects. That, I,
0: I've still never painted in gouache. Uh, I've never yeah. even tried it. And I, and I've got yeah. a, a friend of mine who swears by it. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I got to try it. I got to try. It just seems like it, it always seemed like acrylic. If I want something fast drying and water-based, I just use acrylic cause I do know how to paint an acrylic, but there's gotta be some other, I mean the fact that you kind of rewet it, I guess is, yeah, is a big I think deal. Different,
1: sort of pretty different animals at the end of the day. I mean, it's really it, when I when I work with gouache, I tend to sort of uh, this is just my own personal style, but I tend a lot of I, I let a lot of the paper got a ghost behind you.
0: Uh, what's that <laughs> a shadowy ghost figure behind you? Yeah. <laughs> <Hi>. Hello. Um, <laughs> Hello. I, mean, I to, I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. Okay. <laughs>
1: Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. So the um uh, the gouache, I, te- I tend to sort of let a lot of the paper show through. I-, I I don't get too far into like the backgrounds or anything like that. I just sort of let it be these sort of little objects or figures. Um and then if I want to do something more um scenic or environmental, that's when I sort of go for oils and really uh get into the sort of the depth of focus, lighting, that mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So um, yeah oils I mean, I still I think I've been painting with oils for 10 years now I still feel that it's a struggle every time I I, I enter you know every, every time I mix up the the palette and and start painting it it's just maybe that'll never change I'm not sure it's it's a very different uh medium than than acrylics in in that way I love the fact that they do stay wet mm-hmm. but I I'm an overworker like I really have to focus on, uh, stopping myself yeah. from blending things. Same I, there, yeah. I haven't reached the point yet where I can just kind of lay down an oil painting and leave it alone. And not,
0: Yeah, like, I know, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: and I'm not sure I'm not sure why, uh, but that's sort of an exercise I got to, um, I think, uh, challenge myself with, is just an, uh, do, an, do an oil painting, even if it's like super ugly or nasty or whatever like that, just <laughs> do an oil painting without actually... Doing any blending? Yeah, yeah,
0: just just marks and lines. Yeah, just, brush just brush pressure right there. No just, yeah. no blending. Um, yeah. uh, oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, 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 completely lost it. It was a good point too. Um, I totally forgot. It'll come back to me. It'll, yeah, it'll come, yeah. <laughs> um, squash versus. It was like uh. uh Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Um, it was really for me it was like ten it was like a solid ten years of painting before I finally felt like, okay, I got this. Like I, I have no hesitance with oils at all now. Like I, I have my way of doing it and it feels like I, I got this. I'd never worry about that anymore. But it was like it was a moment where it just that happened. It was like a switch went off. It was one show I painted. This one show I did, I was like, oh, okay, I got it now, finally. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm still waiting for that moment. It's been, it's been 10 years, so maybe it's going to hit like, next week or something, I'm hoping.
0: My, have- my dad always told me, he's like, I didn't feel like I, I could. He'd been painting since he was, I think, in his 20s. And he was like, I didn't feel like I really knew what I was doing until I was in my 50s. I was like, damn that's so comfort <laughs> I know thanks a lot
1: uh, yeah no I, I I really feel like some I mean sometimes it clicks but a lot of times well I've made I've made things harder for myself too by just trying to like like I mentioned earlier really eliminate the studies eliminate all the sort of the layouts and things like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a little bit more spontaneous and that yeah. just that's just going to take more time you know because yeah. I'm not I, I don't even sometimes I don't even know where the figure is going to be right it'd be sometimes I don't even know that much. I've, I've often, I've just gone in cold. Um, but you know, when you're doing that, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to suck a lot of time.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. Figure yeah. Things out. Yeah. That, that's I was, I was reading an interview um, when I was researching for the show and it sounds like we started out, we're like kind of, we started out on the opposite ends and that where we are now is at the opposite are at the opposite ends. Like you said, you were always like a planner before. And I was like the way you're doing it now. I would just start, no studies, nothing. And now I do a study for everything. I plan everything out carefully, and and like all that uh, makes the painting process way faster and more efficient and stuff. But it's because it's because I used to do it the other way that it's became more of a challenge to be more. Um, uh, preparation yeah. oriented yeah. and, and, and the other thing is the studies I can sell. So that's like another source of income. So yeah, totally. that's another good reason to do them. But, 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 uh, I, I do want to get back to more spontaneous kind of painting. Cause now it's like, you know, I've got this formula down. I can, it's, it's more regimented, less crazy stuff happens. Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, in addition to that too, I also find that I, am struggling with the sort of the, the actual, uh, consistency of like the medium to paint, you know, um, if I, if I use it too thick, it doesn't, it's just, you know, it's, well, it's too thick. It's just, it's, it's like, you know, I, I, like to, I like to sort of layer it thinly, but I also find that if it's too thin, um, if I'm painting something really light, um, it'll dry a lot darker. I don't know if you find that or if you've had that with, experience. With medium? Um, just with like sort of if I'm if I'm painting something like a light color, like a like a sort of a pale background or something like that, or or um, you know, trying to go sort of lighter over a darker color, um, that that it, it just it seems to dry a lot darker than it mm. goes on. And I feel like I'm not quite um Feels like I'm I'm not quite nailing the the use of the medium. So mm. uh, what, yeah, ca- so what
0: kind really of mediums that. do you use? Uh
1: I was I was using sand oil, but now I'm using the uh, I, I'm using um uh like Gamsol with uh linseed oil. Oh okay. Yeah. And um and I, I'm kind of I'm definitely a sort of a thinner oil painter than a than a thicker oil painter.
0: Yeah, I am too.
1: Which which usually works pretty well. I'm just I'm not a fan of like seeing all the texture and the and the and the big sort of lumps of paint on the on the canvas. Hmm. But as I mentioned, the sort of the pain in the ass with that is that you know um, that things dry differently than they appear on uh, as they do wet. So it's like I'm always trying to sort of think ahead. uh, How's this going to dry? And then sometimes it dries, and I have to go back in and you know. But anyways, it's it's all just I I still feel like I'm kind of fumbling through the. The, the process to get to. And it, the only way I know it's finished is when I don't hate it.
0: Anymore.
1: <laughs> I can just like, okay, it's, that's all right.
0: Yeah. Right. You definitely wouldn't know it from the work. So that's what, well, can, that's what counts. Um, thank you.
1: I think I, I, I've heard other artists say that too. And it's, it's sort of like, is this, yeah, it's like you start to learn that what you're doing is, is wrong or right. It's just part of, it's just part of it, you know, it's, um, and, and, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel like I need to look for shortcuts, but I would like to sort of like condense the, 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 the fumbling time a little bit buy myself a little bit of extra hours for, for painting or, or maybe get a little bit more done. Um, especially yeah. like, sort of like last four month crunch time with this show. And it's like, Oh man, I've got a lot, I've got a lot to paint. So I've got to kind of pep things up a little you
0: bit. You got a show coming up?
1: Uh, yeah, with the Colombo Gallery in in uh, Milan in oh, cool. late February. So, um, yeah, I've um, got a lot. I've got a lot to do. Um,
0: do you have but, a Do you have a theme or or is it?
1: Um, I'm sort of going with like garden at this point. It's a very loose loose theme, but I was I was I, I started painting the show, and I really had the intention of sort of doing more, almost like rooms um like kitchen bedroom uh you know like that sort of thing like really sort of but but weird like you know no
0: i I love your interiors yeah sort of really going interior
1: and And then the the more that I started painting and where I started sketching it's like everything just felt like it just wanted to be outside. (laughs) That's interesting. I I gotta I gotta start I, I I painted I even I even went as far as painting a few Blocking out a few paintings with like a heart shaped bed and sort of this clamshell like headboard and stuff. (laughs) It's just like this is I like the idea of it, but I'm not able to execute it at this point in time. Like I just had to tell myself this is this is something that I'm going to come back to for another group show, and 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 maybe different formats instead of vertical go horizontal or something like that. But it's just like I had to sort of like. You know throw in the towel on the sort of interior idea and yeah just like, okay this is gonna be an outside show so that's
0: fine i guess it's so interesting crazy it's like with like
1: flowers yeah and, uh, you know i love painting flowers and, and and foliage and that sort of thing um you know small animals lurking under the leaf you know cool. insects that sort of stuff mm-hmm. so so
0: that sounds I, yeah. awesome yeah it's funny how that how that works you know, what other job is like that? <laughs> it's where it's yeah. like, okay, the the muse isn't going to let me paint this thing. I thought, I thought I was going to, uh, oh shit. Can you see me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I accidentally clicked out of everything. Um, it's like, you know, my artistic, um, Impulse isn't going to let me do the thing I thought I was going to do. It's, it wants me to do this thing. It's such a weird thing when that happens. Yeah,
1: I know. It's I've, I've been I, I've started reading the, the Rick Rubin book, The Creative Act, and it's I like, keep hearing about that. Yeah, he sort of alludes to a lot of that sort of like you know when the, when the time is right, the idea is going to come to you, and if you don't do it, someone else is going
0: to do yeah. it.
1: And I think in this case, it's like I had the idea, but the idea was not ready to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe, maybe at some point, or maybe it'll turn up in a comic. I mean, a lot of a lot of these rejected ideas turn up in in, in comic stories or um, other sort of characters or things like that. So um, it just you know it all goes into the the big the big morgue that I keep with like sketches and, and ideas and, and failed aborted um, paintings and things. Mm. So um, yeah, it's funny though. It's like it's 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 weird that you can come back to this aborted idea. Like four years later, and then it—it's like, oh, it's solid and it's fully formed, and it becomes the thing that you wanted to do, but you're not ready to do it. for yeah, years.
0: You yeah. You ever find that? Where yeah. You're like
1: you know, you keep you keep these ideas because you know there's something there.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um,
1: and then it 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 lives. You know, it's like it's so strange to me because it's like, why can't why can I do it then? You know. Yeah,
0: like, yeah. It's a trip. There's that. There is that whole hidden, you know, mysterious element to art in that way really there really is like this unknowable trippy otherworldly other other dimension
1: yeah i'm sorry i never really bought into all that before but i'm starting to sort of like yeah that's starting to make a lot of sense because there's no other explanation for how these things unfold or why they happen or where where things come from
0: yeah yeah it's so weird it's so weird um yeah. Yeah. I, I, I view, I really, view, you know, also a lot of it is your perspective, you know, cause I, I, I really view it as like, um, you know, you are, you are, uh, the, the midwife of, of an idea. Who knows where the idea comes from? You think you think it up, but mm. <laughs> where does it come from? Where did, you know, the millions of, things that happened that led to you thinking this one thought that thought the thing up is just impossible to consider. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's all insane. It, reality is just insane. But, um, it's, it's almost like we at to be a good artist. I feel like you need to be in service of the idea. So it's like, you're kind of like, I'm, you're not the boss in a way. Your yeah. job is to interpret the thing. The idea is the boss. It, uh, and you're serving the boss in that way. And and to be a good artist, y- you have to serve the boss, which is the idea or the impulse or whatever, the art yeah. God or whatever. And like, uh, because when you start to try and control it too much, just like if you were to, you were to say, if you were to put your foot down, no, I'm doing the interiors. Mm. It's like, it wouldn't have been as good a show probably. As yeah. What doing or it just now. would
1: have been that, that much harder to. Yeah.
0: Or, or, it. yeah. Or it would have been super painful and, and no fun. And,
1: yeah. uh, I, I think, you no, know, that's absolutely true. And I think that's, a, again, that's sort of like without knowing it, I think that's why I really backed off of doing the, the, all the, all the prelims because it was just, I, I was just trying to control it, uh, too much. Mm. You know, I was finding that, you know, it, it, it that, that was all coming from my illustration, background where I had to submit a lot of preliminary sketches. I had to submit these rough ideas and I was sort of working in that, in that mode. And that was working for me for up to a point. And then it became a hindrance, you know, it sort of quickly flipped over and it's like, Oh, this is no longer a useful tool. And all I'm doing is is drawing the same thing 40 times in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. I could just go right to canvas and just, you know, just, just start, right. just start painting. And then once I start doing that, um, yeah, it's sort of, there's, there's a, a frustration that goes with that, but also, um, a, a real vibrancy and also this like wonderful sense of surprising yourself Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end of it, that even if it is kind of frustrating once you get sort of through it, you're through the tunnel and you're sort of surprised with, you know, you with, with what you've actually painted accomplished and that's a that's a great feeling too it's not not just that you've like created something but that you're actually surprised by it as well yeah
0: Um, yeah
1: and that that comes from both uh, for me for both paintings and also um opening a box of risograph printed comics and not really knowing what it's going to be like because you've never actually seen that comic. that's true yeah you've drawn it you've separated all the layers you seen the sort of the PDF of the color, the rough sort of color sense, but you really don't know what that physical object is going to look like until you open that box. Mm-hmm. And then that's like Christmas to me. Cause mm-hmm. you're just like, this is like, wow, this is other. It's kind of otherworldly. Yeah. Like, didn't I, I had a hand in it, but this is not directly from, you know, it goes through a filter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What a trip. It's really fun. Yeah. That's so cool.
1: It's fun when it doesn't suck. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And then when it sucks, it's really hard, and, and I don't like want to. I don't want to be an artist anymore. So I don't know how many times those words come in my mouth. Every, every my wife's just like, "Okay, you don't want help anymore. You just want to say those words." It's like, it's true.
0: I just I'm just saying words now. Uh, sometimes it's so painful though. Yeah. Every yeah. once every once in a while, I'm like, "Why did I? Why why did I do this?" Why didn't anybody warn me about this? Everyone just was like supportive of me becoming a fighter. Why didn't normal normal people tell you? It's like, their fault. <laughs> yeah, you can, they, at least you
1: could blame somebody because it's like
0: you know. Oh. Of course, I'm I'm kidding, but uh, I know. Um, yeah, yeah. Your your color palette is the other thing. I know you probably got to get going soon, but uh, I, I just had to touch on your color palette. Is so great. I love it. It's like it's it is. It's got that retro feel. These kind of pulp covers and and old comics it's like i i it's i i so appreciate that stuff that i want to incorporate it into my work but it's like i just can't it's 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 weird it's like i i try to bring in influences of things i love and they just end up being the way i do them and they're their own thing which is good that's the way you it should be but it's still kind of like man i wish i could paint in that kind of
1: Oh, I totally, I totally understand. First of all, thank you, and and uh, secondly, I was very surprised when you asked me to be on the, the dark arts, uh, pod, dark art podcast <laughs> because it's like, are you sure? Because let's maybe check out my work. And you're th- you
0: paint we you. I mean, okay, we paint. We have I have all kinds of different guests on. <laughs> it focuses on dark art people, but yeah. but um, but the thing is, is you are like a monster guy too you you do sci-fi and monsters in your paintings also
1: yeah yeah there's so, an under i, I kind of have joking so there
0: like is a, a connection a, there <laughs>
1: an undercurrent of darkness underneath these yeah. like pretty pastels and easter egg colors yeah and,
0: yeah. yeah i mean you the 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 monsters you do that are like you know just the classic retro pulp comic monsters i find so inspiring and like just because I love monsters and I love that era of monsters. Mm. And um, they, they, they totally inspire me in my own work, but it's like, I'm not painting in that style, but, but the, the inspiration makes me want to do more of kind of my own take on monsters. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I appreciate that. I love it. Thank you. So, whereas Um, I'm not able to really incorporate the colors and the style so much, it still inspires me.
1: It's it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm I'm again the sort of the reverse where it's I I admire people who can paint like in like earth tones really successfully because I, I'm starting to get comfortable with it now but when I started trying to paint in like sepia and earth tones it was just like a it was a, it was like a like a mud a pit of mud you know <laughs> just, mud it just it looked terrible it was dead hmm. there was no there was no life to it and it's like how do people paint with earth tones but make it look vibrant and alive versus this sort of just dead muddiness, you know? Mm. And it really like, I, 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 there was, for me, it was the opposite. It's like, I couldn't, I couldn't crack that. Interesting. You know? it's like easy for me to paint in, in, uh, in a, in a colorful, exaggerated palette, but I couldn't, I couldn't, That's so interesting, I, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, team it, you know, it was like I was unable <laughs> to take that, that, that palette. Um, I but, love uh, it. I love it. Um, I love, you know, it's like, but yeah, I mean color color is is such a big uh, such a big influence. I'm I'm a, yeah, I'm kind of a color junkie. Um, you know, and just like early early Technicolor films like Yeah,
0: I love Technicolor. Oz.
1: Um, technicolor sort of even, movies like are so is, the cool. Cinécolor, you know, I don't know, Do you know Cinécolor, the sort of what it, it was sort of like two two strip uh color. There was is basically it was like a blue and a sort of a burnt orangey red color.
0: Ah. Uh. Yeah.
1: And there was there was no yellows, there was no greens. It was just this sort of like very odd. Um, if if you look at, I don't know if you know any of the early like Biwaks cartoons post post Disney. Oh
0: yeah, mm-hmm.
1: sort of like Pincushion Man and, yeah. and all that sort of like era of, of work he was working in that Cinecolor. Um, and it's it's uh, I just I, I love I mean I always sort of like nerding out on these like different sort of color palettes from the past. Um, and yeah, that's that's become a really big part of of uh uh, of the identity of my work for sure and I'm always looking for new uh new combos or you know it's like I hadn't painted with purple for I don't know I don't think I'd ever painted with purple unless it was for an assignment that needed purple but um started to sort of get back into the lavender and and and, and those sort of tones again so um yeah just sort of always exploring and it's like it's the one thing that you're never gonna you're never gonna find every palette, every color combination. So it's just always like a sort of like, it's a never ending, you know, I could paint the same sort of style of figure, but it's like, just flip it into a different color palette and become sort of a different mood, different identity. So, yeah.
0: um,
1: yeah, but it's, 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 um, It's a, it's a big motivator for me when I, you know, I have, uh, and I I keep my, my oil palette pretty simple down to, I think there's like maybe six, six colors. Yeah. I was going
0: to ask you, what's your, what are what's your go-to color palette? Yeah. I
1: keep it pretty, pretty simple. You know, I, I don't, I don't even have black on my palette most of the time. Hmm. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's white, it's cadmium yellow, um, it was like Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth,
0: Elizabeth <laughs> <I was like, laughs> Crimson. That'd be a good Elizabeth artist name.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, uh, cobalt, yeah. Cobalt blue, uh, burnt umber. And then, uh, I keep a little bit of like Thalo green on, on the palette just to keep like the greens and yeah, really, mm. really super bright. Um, and that's about it. Wow. And then I. You know, have a, I have other colors that I will often sort of introduce into the mix, but that's the sort of the basic. Right. Like I can kind of mix anything I need to from those. Yeah, general. yeah,
0: so, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of simple palettes.
1: Yeah, you it know. took me a while to get there, but um after a few dozen YouTube t- t- tutorials, I sort <laughs> of found found one that sort of worked, and um, and yeah, so. Because I, I, I was just – that was the other thing that was happening early on with oil paint is things were just getting out of control. There was, like, paint everywhere. I would, there was no organization to it. Yeah, right. Um, palette was was filled. I had no room to work because it was like – every. that was like, what am I – like, yep. and there was just a lot of bad colors that were being
0: – Oh, burned. yeah, totally. The more,
1: the more options they <laughs> had, I was always ending up with this really, like, dirty purple gray. And it was like, why is <laughs> – <laughs> Why, I, you know, just, just one, one color, one like mix, one step too much, and you're in this like dirty purple gray zone. Yeah. You know? So it was, it was driving me nuts. So I had to really, I, I made a very focused effort to sort of get my palette pared down.
0: Yeah. And,
1: uh, and, and keep it a little bit more uh, organic and a little bit more uh, simplified.
0: So. Yeah, I like, I like the idea of having the super simple palette and. Bring in what you need that you can't get out of those colors. It's so much easier. I remember because when I was first starting out, it was like, remember, you'd you'd see a color and you'd go, that looks like a cool color to paint with. And you just buy it. And then you have all these range of all these weird greens and crazy colors that you would (laughs) never use. I know. And then you start, at least for me, I'd start, I'd put my palette out and I would just have like one, two, three, four, five, three, four, five—like all these colors. Yeah. And I'm like, "What? The, you know, that's no way to do it. It's like, yeah, you're yeah. not going to get anywhere with that. How can it makes no sense whatsoever?
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, no, I, am I'm, I'm all about like not using colors from the tube. Like mm-hmm. I, I always uh, pretty yeah. much always adding something to the, you know, I, I I'm always mixing. There's, there's nothing I use straight out of the tube. Um, uh, even if it's white, it's like no, there's gonna be a little bit of like green gold in there or mm. brown or something like that just to kind of like you know, um, and I yeah, I'm just sort of always when I worked in gouache and acrylic, I worked that way, and I kind of kept that up with the with the oil painting as well,
0: yeah, yeah, well, you could see it in the work. It's like everything's nice and you know, it's bright, but it's still muted in a way that feels natural. It's like you you, you know you see so often with uh newer artists that are just learning to paint it's like that's like a tell is when it's like a blue sky that's just blue ultramarine yeah. out of the tube you know with white or something and it's like you know once you once you really understand color you realize it's like there, the colors are saturated like that so you can get the maximum amount yeah. out of them it's not because you're supposed to be painting with those colors it's, it's, it's so that you can get the widest range of colors Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but great, it's great school,
1: like straight out of the team. Kind of.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, every, everybody goes through that. I went through that. It's like, you, you figure that shit out along, along the way. Um, so, okay. I'll, I guess I'll let you go. I, I uh, appreciate you. We're on like, you know, an hour and a half here. I, I, oh, cool. I okay. Yeah. No, that went
1: by really fast. I, it's, it seems like there's a lot more that we didn't uh, touch on. We didn't talk about universal monster movies or. Yeah, I know. Like, I
0: know. We, <laughs> didn't, we didn't get
1: into all that, but um, <laughs> well, a lot of, yeah. I mean, the influences could be, for me, could be a whole other, a whole
0: other. Yeah, issue. I know. Right.
1: Like, it's just an endless well of of uh, uh, of influences all over the place, like all over the place. But,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, okay. One one last thing. I just, I just, um, um uh, I I don't want to um, I I don't want to keep you too long because I know your daughter is <laughs> coming in. <and laughs> trying to emerge
1: through the door <laughs> second. Again.
0: Um. Yeah. The, uh, okay. One thing. One last thing is the. Uh, you know. Of course, I'm sure we're both, Universal Monster fans and all that stuff, but. Uh, I love these these pulp cover artists that I'm sure you're a fan of. I'm sure you're influenced by these pulp book covers, these guys back. Uh, it's like I don't really even remember their names, but I do have a couple books on uh, – there's one called It's a Man's World. Have you ever seen that book?
1: Oh, yeah. So that, that sort of focuses on what, like the sort of like 50s, 60s? Yeah, like,
0: yeah. 50s? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think those those painters are so good. Norman,
1: Norman Saunders was a big yeah uh, yeah. He, he sort of started with pulps, but then he transitioned in later years into the sort of the the, the men's uh, men's mag- men's adventure magazine.
0: And he field. did a uh, 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 wacky packs, wacky packs. Yeah, too. Yeah, I
1: did wacky packs and stuff, but which uh, were
0: things like that were like an influence on me too. And and I could see like in your work, I could see. Wacky packages.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, totally, totally. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, I, I think we could sort of go to all those different areas. Yeah.
0: Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. We'll have to. We'll have to have a a, a a second interview where we talk about wacky packages and totally, totally yeah. nerd out on uh, on, on,
1: on, on uh, illustration yeah. art from the, the first part of the twentieth century. I
0: love that stuff. Those. It's like the, the thing about those those painters is like you could tell they they so knew their shit you know you yeah. you couldn't get away with half assing it it's like the the yeah. average uh, book illustrator back then was the, the, like the the average guy was better probably than most painters today you know what i mean crazy
1: skills crazy skill levels like yeah. there's this
0: like I, there was this level that they all they all had to hit in order to back then just paint these covers
1: yeah, you know, and so many of them didn't hit that level, but they're still incredible or yeah, or yeah, incredibly, I- incredibly visionary in terms of like maybe they're not quite at that level, but just like their own dude,
0: yeah, their true, own thing yeah, and just true. as
1: amazing as anything
0: else. You know? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even those like I got, I bought these uh co- horror comic like the off horror comics like not the EC ones. There's these anthologies of of them you can, I got on uh, Amazon. And I can't remember the name, but it's like an off horror comic brand. Yeah. And they're so bad compared to EC, but I still love them. They're still amazing. They still have oh, that yeah. feeling and they're, and they're cool in their own way in a, in a different way. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I dig deep in all that stuff too. There's all that, that surface level sort of entry stuff. That's really well known. That kind of is, is the easy, the easy entry point. But then, yeah, when you start to really get into it, it's like, oh, and then, and then there's like, you know, and then you start to get into the, the, the foreign stuff and it's right. like, go down the wormhole, which, you know, which I'm doing right now, uh, you are trying to, you're trying to break off, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, this stuff is all exciting to me, but that's, yeah, it's, uh,
0: I love it. I love it. I'm such a, such a fan. I, 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 you know, I think it's, like I said, it's cool that you are able to, um, cause I, I love that stuff but I don't really paint like that. And so I admire that you are able to paint like that in that sort of style. I think it's really cool. You know, I just, uh, use it as, as, as inspiration for me just to kind of do my own thing, I guess. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, so thanks for coming on. It was a great interview. I appreciate you taking the time
1: oh well thanks for having me again it was a great uh, great conversation it flew by and
0: uh, yeah see yeah, I, t- really, I told you I told really you nice to catch up <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah great
1: oh you, you did warn me about that but,
0: uh, <laughs> well the last yeah. thing we have to do is just say goodbye to the audience so in, in whatever way you want you just say goodbye audience or goodbye or whatever you want your final message to the to the audience
1: all right have a good one
0: <laughs> all
1: right